Shea butter and popcorn. <laughs> okay, let's start the show. Shea butter and popcorn, the final season. Let's get it. Sit back, relax, and listen. Friday's gonna have you glistening. Get ready for a real good vibe. Shea butter and popcorn. Now live. Welcome to Shea butter and popcorn with Taj and Chels, season five, episode ten. Shea Butter and Popcorn is the podcast where your neighborly film fanatics review our favorite films and shows. This is where real life and cinema intersect. My name is Chelsea, a.k.a. Chels. I'm a singer, an actor, a blogger, a podcaster, and all-around movie lover. And it's your girl Tajiana, a.k.a. Taj, also actor, director, lover of Black stories, Black narratives, Black everything. Welcome, or welcome back to the show, y'all. This week, we're talking about movies with the best themes and the most annoying themes that we've seen too many times, okay? It's like Exile by Taylor Swift. I think I've seen this film before, okay? And I didn't like the ending. Okay. I didn't like it. Y'all know I got folklore on vinyl. Don't come for me. I oh my gosh, not the vinyl. <laughs> I Y'all love playing my I love it, though, because honestly, you can listen to all genres like pop, R&B, yeah. rock, but it's so much better on vinyl. You know mm. what I mean? It sounds so good. Sweetwood. It's so good on yeah. vinyl. Like, I love that warm sound. Let's get into it. First up for me is Cruella 2021, directed by Craig Gillespie, available on Disney+. Plus. 74% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, 93% rating by Google users. This movie was so good to me, in my opinion. Um, so, every villain needs an origin story. We talked about villain origin stories before, you know, why a villain becomes a villain, and this one is so well done and executed really nicely. So, Cruella was always an icon, and the fashion in this movie is beyond. I just want to take a second and talk about the, the looks. My favorite looks were the dumpster dress, um, the all-black funeral uh, outfit she wore with the black chain booties. I love the puppy coat, the A-line dress when she started working for the Baroness. The military jacket ensemble was so fire. And lastly, the cape dress in the final scene, okay? The thing is, I prefer to wear um, all black sometimes for certain events because it's just really chic and, like, fierce. Even though I love bright colors, my favorite color is pink, I just love the sleekness of it you know and i would love to wear all those clothes um all the clothes are so true to the era as well it embodies the protest and anti-establishment themes of that time period in the 70s which is so on point and fashion is supposed to be daring it's supposed to move ahead of the curve you know um reminds me of alexander mcqueen a lot of the looks remind me of alexander mcqueen who's my favorite designer of all time, um, rest in peace. And, you know, he preached that same message with every stitch. If you look at my Twitter location, <laughs> it says that I'm at an Alexander McQueen sample sale. Wow. In my heart, that's where I am. <laughs> that's, Not simple. That's where wow. I'm at. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. That's it. That's it. That's where I'm at. But shout out to the costume designer, uh, Jenny Beeman. She did the darn thing. Um, 
So, I really do love the soundtrack also. I just think it complements the era with the songs. Um, Nina Simone, you got the Bee Gees, you got Blondie, The Clash, The Zombies, love them, and Tina Turner, just to name a few. So about the film, Estella is a young and clever grifter who's determined to make a name for herself in the fashion world. She soon meets a pair of thieves who appreciate her appetite for mischief, and together they build a life for themselves on the streets of London. However... When Estella befriends fashion legend Baroness von Hellman, she embraces her wicked side to become the raucous and revenge-bent Cruella. So, this film stars Emma Stone, Emma Thompson, Joel Fry, John McCrea, Mark Strong, and Kirby Howell-Baptiste. So, the theme of revenge has been seen before. We've seen it. But why this isn't tired in this film is that it's done in such a slick, cool way and at the same time, it's still serving the young Disney audience because they couldn't go all the way with it. There was some stuff where it's like, okay, it's a little bit sharper. Maybe I wouldn't see this as a, on a Disney film when I was little, but, you know, times have changed. It's evolving, which I appreciated. Um, but embrace it, cherubs. Embrace it because we're all a little bit mad, okay? Being bad is fun sometimes, okay? It, it feels good to be bad, so embrace it. It, um, it, does, it does. It feels good to be bad. Next up is Cracks 2011, directed by Jordan Scott, available to rent on Amazon Prime and Sling. 80% by Google users, 45% by Rotten Tomatoes. This movie was a trip. Honestly, this film is about jealousy. Uh, that's it. Uh, jealousy flares after the headmistress, played by Eva Green, of an elite boarding school for girls becomes obsessed with a new student, played by Maria Valverde. Set in the 30s in a strict elite British boarding school called St. Matilda's, the story centers on a clique of girls who idolize their enigmatic diving instructor, Miss G. Eva Green plays Miss G. And in the film, we learn that Miss G had been a student at the same school where she now works and may even have continued on at the school after she graduated. You have um, D. Radfield. Um, D. Radfield, played by Juno Temple from Ted Lasso, has a crush on Miss G and is the firm favorite and ringleader of her group. When a beautiful Spanish girl named Fiamma Corona, played by Maria Valverde, arrives at the school, Miss G's focus is shifted away from the other girls. It becomes a love triangle. Miss G gets increasingly obsessed with Fiamma. Fiamma is disturbed by Miss G and also openly disgusted by the teacher's hypocrisies and deceptions. And D is terribly jealous and makes Fiamma's life hell. So the teacher being obsessed with the student and is done so much. That's a trope that we've seen even in Lifetime. You know, like uh, bad teacher or, you know, detention and death. You know, those Lifetime movie specials where it's like, okay, we've seen this. But at the same time, like... This scenario is a fresh take because everyone in this is a woman. Um, I think also it plays with themes of being careful with who you tell your secrets to. Not being caught up in lies and in deceit is is a very good, you know, theme and that we should see more in cinema. Because um, it can lead to dangerous situations. So I'm not going to ruin it for you, but check that out if you haven't seen it. Hearts and Souls is next, 1993, directed by Ron Underwood, available to stream on HBO Max. 90% by Google users, 55% by Rotten Tomatoes. This film is so sweet. Honestly, it's so sweet. Harrison, played by Charles Grodin. Um, Penny, played by Alfre Woodard. Julia, played by Kira Sedgwick. And Milo, played by Tom Sizemore. They all die in 1959 when the bus they are riding crashes. The four continue as ghosts 
guardians to the child born at the moment of their deaths. Baby Thomas grows up to be a businessman, played by Robert Downey Jr., who has memories of his playmates, but assumes they are products of his youthful imagination. So when the ghosts realize they need Thomas's help to move on to the afterlife, they decide to make an appearance once more. It's so sweet, and this movie comes full circle so many times. Have we seen films about ghosts before coming to help the living? Yes. Too much. It's too many times. It's so annoying. Stop. But at the same time, this Don't is... Cry. <laughs> I'm going to cry. I'm so, I'm so irritated. Just cry, guys. Stop. <laughs> But this, uh, the storyline's elevated, you know, and it really helps Thomas, the character, he gets in touch with what really matters. And it's cool because even though there is a romance aspect with Thomas in his everyday life, like his true, like, love of and his true family is, you know, dead people. So it's weird. It's like a reverse sixth sense, but it's fun. So I think y'all should definitely watch that. Um, last up for me this week is Dominic and Eugene, 1988, directed by Robert Young, available to rent on Amazon Prime. I had a fever dream the other day, I felt, because I was like, what's that movie with Ray Liotta? And then, like, he had a brother, and then they're like, there's trash. <laughs> Not remembering the plot at all, you know, and they're working as, like, garbage men. Oh my gosh. Anyway, I did see this movie. Jamie Lee Curtis is also in this, and it came out in the 80s, but I completely forgot. Sometimes it's like that. It's like, what is that movie? Because then they did that thing, and it's like, what are you talking about? But then I remembered. I was like, I'm not crazy. My mom was like, oh no, you're talking about, um, um, I can't think of the title, but that movie with Ray Liotta and his brother. And I was like, yes! So I Googled it. It's Dominic and Eugene. So, 92% by Google users, 80% by Rotten Tomatoes. This film has a lot of emotional depth. Two brothers, Eugene, played by Ray Liotta, an ambitious medical student, and Nikki, played by Tom Hulse, hope I'm saying it right, a mentally challenged garbage worker, live together with Eugene looking after Nikki. But the relationship is strained when Eugene's medical career and his relationship with nurse Jennifer, played by Jamie Lee Curtis, scream queen, forces him to consider separating from his brother. When Nikki intervenes in a child abuse situation on behalf of a neighborhood boy, the resulting trouble with the law may tip Eugene's decision. This movie really pulls on your heartstrings. Uh, it's a really good theme about brotherhood um, through sickness and in health. And when they when they meant that, like they, they went there. So it's really well done. Uh, definitely check that out if you can find it to rent. I don't think it's available on streaming. But those are my picks for this week. Taji, let me know what yours are. Those are so good. Love the nuance. Good messages and sometimes over-repeated messages. <laughs> I think it's so difficult because then it's like, I don't know if I'm necessarily saying we shouldn't ever make any movies with this type of theme ever again in the existence of the earth. But also it's like every movie that is made with that theme has a little bit of difference to it as it is made with a different writer, a different director, a different crew. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a tough thing of like, I, I respect, I respect the artistry of like, not, you know, different brands of bread type of like phenomenon. Um, but then as an audience member, it's kind of like, but I can still be annoyed that I feel like this is like <laughs> overplayed. Um, yeah. I feel like most of the ones that I, feel like get repeated are those coming of age rom-coms um mm -hmm. I think to start to all the boys I've loved before while it is revolutionary with um having 
a female Asian lead having um, just a really, I feel like, talented cast and being able to have um, multiple movies now as a part of their their franchise or what have you. Um, I do think that the cinematography and the way that they told the story of Laura Jean um, and having like, you know, I don't know. I feel like because she, Lara writes this secret, you know, soul-bearing love letters um, to her five crushes and having it like where she never meant to send them is like a cool different touch. Um, but then they end up wreaking havoc on her life. Um, I do feel like the trope of like, I wasn't trying to like you, but now I do type of thing is overplayed of like, all of a sudden, one of the hot guys in school is like in my circle now. I don't know. It's very, it's very popular. 96% on Rotten Tomatoes and 95% on Google. Um, But I do feel like it was well written and well shot. I just do think that we've seen a different variance of this type of like plot before in terms of, you know, I am a quirky, you know, unconventional person at this high school. And then this guy comes along and we're not, you know, I don't really like you. We're just sharing space. And then all right. of a sudden it happens. They do it with the Duff as well. They do it so much. Yes. Like, yes, I was going to mention that. the Duff as well. Yeah. It's like all of them are like, okay, how many of these are we going to do? But I do think that To All the Boys I've Loved Before is very cute. I do think it's very heartfelt. And like, you know, their target audience is like, you know, this generation of like, you know, high schoolers and and things of that sort. So if you're like not the target audience also watching these types of films still, maybe that can also be a part of it of like, I'm not your target audience, you know, but I think, I think it makes sense. Um, And I don't know, maybe, maybe we just abolish them all together. I do, (laughs) I do think that um, reality high, as much as I love Keith Powers opposite Nesta Cooper, um, having black leads in a, you know, um, once again, this type of like coming of age rom-com, um, movie. I really love that they were in this. Um, and also I forgot to mention, you can watch, um, you can watch both of these on Netflix, by the way, but, um, 40% on Rotten Tomatoes and 76% on Google. Not that many people like the film. I feel like it, it got a little bit of buzz, but then, um, it kind of died out. Um, love Keith Powers. I love, I think this cast is really cool. Um, so Nesta plays Danny. Um, she does well in school. She volunteers at an animal clinic and she's focused on getting into UC Davis. So just like, you know, picture perfect, you know, extracurriculars, academics, you know, that girl. Um, and so she's befriended by Alexa Medina, who is the meanest girl in school, the most popular girl in school, you know, influencer type. Um, so she begins to enjoy the attention of, you know, this popular girl. However, Alexa is not to be trusted. Um, she ends up, you know, really liking Alexa's, uh, former boyfriend, you find out in the movie, Cameron, who is played by Keith. And I think that we've had that trope repeated so many times of like, you know, the nerdy quote unquote girl, you know, um, is, is like befriended by the hot guy 
um, in school who is dating, you know, this super hot girl and then they break up and then the, you know, the least popular girl in school gets with the most popular guy in school. I feel like that dynamic, that character dynamic is like so overplayed. I do really like that. It was, you know, black leads. I do feel like though, that there's nuance in that of like, you can like certain parts of a movie and also not like other parts. So I feel like it's still a cute little, you know, movie. I feel like people should watch it. I do really like the, um, I do really like the character arcs in the story um, in this one and, and the cast, like I said, I think it's, I think it's really cute. Um, and it's on Netflix if you want to watch it. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely um, a little overplayed, but it's nice to see the character arc of like the, the nerdy, quote unquote, the nerdy girl or like the, you know, the um, least popular girl and then seeing the most popular guy, even though it is overplayed how the most popular guy becomes like less shallow of like he breaks up with the most popular girl in school his you know he starts focusing on what he wants for himself you know you always have that parent who like the popular guy it's like oh yeah okay and then you're gonna do your interviews for basketball and then you're gonna do this and you're gonna do this so he has that kind of dynamic and like I don't know that which is cool because we get to see the um the popular guy kind of have some growth too even though it is overplayed a little bit I do still like that so there's the nuance for you Hashtag reality high. <laughs> Go watch it. Um, some good ones. I feel like animated films get to me because it kind of has that, like, I don't know, that barrier between, like, live action and animation. Like, I feel like with live action, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we're, we're th we think it's more susceptible to be corny, I feel like, mm -hmm. rather than, like, animation, although it can come off as corny, I feel like we, because the, the um, visual aesthetic is like animated, I don't know how to communicate this eloquently, but I believe that there is some sense of like, we try to relate to the film a little bit more because we right. don't, we're not looking at, you know, real life humans. You're um, not looking at the people, you're looking at whatever they, they Yeah, you're like, oh, wow, that's so cool. And you know what, what they said is really, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, it's, like, it's very interesting. Um, but I think... Um, these two I think I've talked about before as well soul and home they will always always get me um I feel like soul which you, it, all of you I'm pretty sure have watched by now came out last year um you can watch it on Disney plus I got 95% on Rotten Tomatoes 93% on Google love 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 um I feel like as an artist this was super, super important to see um, because you have this um, this um, black man, Joe, who is a middle school band teacher and life hasn't always gone the way that it that he has expected, but his true passion is jazz and he's good at it. But when he travels to another realm to help someone find their passion, he soon discovers what it means to have a soul. And what you think Throughout the whole movie, he's searching for this thing of like, you already found your passion. You already like know what it is that like you love to do. But then by the end of the movie, it's like the whole point is to live. And I think that's like, like it's all of the stuff around, you know, the your passion, like the in-between moments, you know, stopping to smell the roses for lack of better words. Like it's so great. And I think that especially this movie coming out during the pandemic, I think it was so timely and so beautiful and so perfect. Um, so if you haven't watched Soul, please, please um, go watch it. Um, leading uh, Joe Gardner, played by Jamie Foxx. Um, 
uh, one of my, uh, somebody who I look up to in the Bay Area theater acting community, Margot Hall, she was in this as well. Shout out to you, Margot. I I just love this movie. Um, a lot of Bay Area influence on locations. So. We talked about this last season to you guys for Color Outside the Lines and like just yeah. how it had those intricacies of like, oh, I love that the thing where he finally made it to perform and he's all like, I don't know, I just thought I'd feel different. And he's like, a fish was all like, oh, man, I just got to get, you know, <laughs> I got to get, she told the story about the fish, talk about, man, yeah. I got to get to the ocean, the ocean, like, uh, this is the ocean. He's like, you know, it's water. Yeah. Like, this is what it is, you know? And it's like, what's your purpose? And just like, what are, what are you good at? What are you gonna, you know? And the the little spirit he was helping, the soul, soul 22, it's like, you know, what, what are you doing? What's your purpose? How are you gonna... <laughs> It's you know. so real. Oh my what are you good at? Like, I'm good at walking. I'm good at what am I good at? I was just and that's okay. Powerful. You better yeah. walk then. You better walk uh, then. As an adult <laughs> looking at that movie, it's like whoa. It know? was for I believe that the target audience was adults. Yeah. I think that it's very important to realize like walking looking at the trees, like mm-hmm. being here on earth and like existing and taking everything in, that is also a part of like purpose of like, you know, stewarding your time here well. It's not just about, you know, playing jazz, even though you're awesome. And that's what you're also here to do is like, right. you know, deliver music um, and make people feel good. And it makes you feel good as well. Mm-hmm. But it's like, we're trying so hard to like live out your, your, um, your passion that is connected to uh, labor or like physical, you know, right, physicality ambition, rather than like not being present and meditating yeah. on the here and now, like today, just be concerned with today, you know, and it, it was timely. It was well done. Yeah. It, it was so good. And I need to watch it again because I almost cried at the end. Cause I was like, this is so real. And like, I needed this. I feel like this is like a, you need to watch this every so often as a reminder um but yeah no I, I appreciate the bay area influence as well um as always um david diggs shout out to you man also up in this thing so love 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 um all of that as well you know the whole bakery scene how it was inspired from one of our uh, local bakeries and all that type of stuff so i i love it um please go watch soul on disney plus if you have not 120.9 million at the box office that's all i gotta say home i've talked about this before this is my little sister's one of her favorite movies um and i usually just sit next to her and watch it and it's just so precious and cute um on netflix um as y'all know starring the beautiful 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 excuse me brianna um playing tip um who else is in here um jim parsons jennifer lopez steve martin man like this is this movie i feel like is a little bit underrated. Mm-hmm. 52% on Rotten Tomatoes, but 83% of Google users like the movie. So, you know, compensate for that. But I believe that this is so heartfelt because, um, you know, you have this, uh, you know, alien <laughs> species, um, this other hive-minded alien. Um, they're, they're called the Booth. They conquered the, the, they conquered the Earth and they relocate the planet's um, human population, all except for a little girl named Pip, um, who was uh, voiced by Rihanna, like I said, who's managed to hide from the aliens. So when Tip 
meets a fugitive boo called O, there's mutual distrust. However, O is not like his comrades. He craves friendship and fun. As their distrust fades, the pair set out together to find Tip's mother. But unbeknown to them, the Gorg <laughs> enemies of the boo are en route. These names are so funny. Um, but I believe that this movie has such good principles. Um, first, it teaches about how there can be a species or a group of people and how different and like how diverse you can be of like, hey, I'm not like them. I'm one of them, but I don't have the same mindset as them and how that can be fruitful and how that can be a good thing sometimes because sometimes there can be toxic ideals in certain groups. And I think that's okay. Um, and so that as well as like how friendship is work and how like you're not always going to like people from the start like how you know she had a total right to distress of like you literally relocated my mom <laughs> mm -hmm. and now I'm here by myself trying to figure it out um but as they built up friendship it's just like it just shows how much work goes into friendship and how beautiful and how fun it can be once you really give each other a chance um and I just think it's such a heartfelt story um I believe that the animation is just beautiful and like everything about it I feel like was just spot on and like I always um I never get tired of watching this movie um I always think that it's just a sweet you know cozy up on the couch watch with you know siblings or your family or whatever and just like really really you know it's just it's about trust um and I think that's a good principle to be constantly revolving in our in our minds um so 386 million at the box office um, I do, I do believe that everybody should watch this film, rent it wherever you can, or watch it on Netflix, um, because it's, it's very, um, it's just very, one of those, I, I don't know if it's necessarily a tearjerker in some parts for sure, but it just really gets you thinking about the relationships in your life and like how, you know, how, even though there can be some animosity in some places, how like at the end of the day, it's like, you love each other. Friendship is cool and it's supposed to be fun, and but it also is hard work and how that is a reality of like, not everything is always just going to be sunshine and, and rainbows, but there are things that you're going to have to work through in order to like keep that friendship and that trust um, and that love going. And and that's a part of friendship is like conflict. So I, I, I welcome conflict. Um, I am not shy of conflict. I think that conflict means that you're working through something and so I think that's why I appreciate this movie so much because they just fight till the end for their friendship. And I think it's so beautiful. Came out in 2015, still a goodie, oldie but goodie in my book. Um, so please, please watch that. And those are my picks. Most of them you can watch. I think almost all of them you can watch um, on uh, Netflix or uh, Disney Plus. So please, please stream them. And yeah, thank y'all for listening. So great. I love those. Cause it has all the emotional depths in it even if a couple of them were like animated and it's just you know don't judge y'all same way y'all be judging movies with subtitles just you never know how it can hit you or affect you in that way so so yeah cool. love those pictures judge. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's it animated films are where the heart lives <laughs> right the inner child i love that y'all better embrace it thank you all so much for listening next week we're talking about the best of the brat pack 
Oh, yeah. So ready for this. It's movies and films featuring our favorite actors in their heyday of the Brat Pack. So if you don't know the Brat Pack, the core members are considered to be Robert Downey Jr., Emilio Estevez, Anthony Michael Hall, Rob Lowe, Andrew McCarthy, Demi Moore, Judd Nelson, Molly Ringwald, and Ali Sheedy. Okay? They dominated the 80s. Love these films. They're so fun. I'm so excited to talk about these. So, follow us on social media to stay updated on this podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Shea Butter Pop, on Instagram at Shea Butter Popcorn, or follow us individually. You can follow me at Chelsea G Music on Twitter or Instagram. And you can follow me at Tajiana Okechuku on Instagram and at Talk That Taj on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Let us know what you thought. Please. Very good. Please. We really want to hear your Right? What are some tropes that you love? And what are some that are like really annoying and tired? You're like, please stop. I don't want to see <laughs> Well, you will hear from us next week. Alrighty. Talk to you soon.